Hey folks, and welcome to episode number six of the Koala Dreams podcast, where I loosely base it off of one of my posts from my dumb blog, and then I add whatever the hell else that I feel like, because I can, this is my podcast, so um, it is November 15th here in the year 2013, um, and, and this particular podcast here is going to be, uh, like I said, loosely based off of uh, one of the posts that I have on my blog here for reference sake, uh, koala-dreams.blogspot.com. Um, it's entitled Coffee Shops, uh, Laptops, and Hashtags. You'll never guess where I wrote this here. It was while I was in a coffee shop, and this was back in October when I did this here, almost about a month ago. But um, this particular post, just to kind of gloss over it, was um, me sitting in a, in a coffee shop, um, kind of just like staring around. Um, and this particular one was kind of when I was just recognizing that I, how much I actually disliked my job, which is something that I still I still don't like. But um, one of the things that I <clears throat> kind of mentioned here in this in this particular post too was just the idea that, um, and I think this is something that we're all kind of guilty of or that we do. I'm not sure it's something to be guilty about, but just assuming the you know the the view or the perspective of other people. Um, I you know I was just mentioning you know there's a there was a sour old man in the corner sipping his coffee and looking like the you know that the whole world basically he was pissed at the whole world and so it's just interesting uh, you know like what you know what is his story why does he look like uh, somebody you know who pissed in his Cheerios. Um, and it's just one thing that I, that I wanted to talk about really quickly was, you know, every, every single day you're walking down the street, you see somebody without even thinking about it, you know, just based upon their look, you can probably, probably have a general idea of, of what their personality is like, um, <clears throat> or your preconceived notion thereof. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's walking down the street and you see somebody, um, I mean, one of the best examples that I can give here, and this is kind of, uh, just because I was just watching about this, it was somebody like Eminem. Uh, Eminem has like kind of a scary, very angular um, face, I would say. Um, bear with me here. And, and it's somebody that basically, upon initial glance, you might think he's kind of a scary dude, and he is kind of a scary dude. But um, you know, he's he's a he's a fairly good guy. He's a, he's a musical genius, and and it's something like that that you can just kind of make these snap decisions about and. Um, you know, it was it was just something that's very interesting. You can see somebody that may look like the sweetest or most innocent individual here, uh, and, and you know they could be just a uh, he or she could just be a total bitch. Uh, you know, it's it's something that you can't you can't take for granted. You have no idea what the content of uh, people's character is by their skin, uh, a la Dr. King. So that was just kind of the some of the the points that I made there, and then um, I probably. Probably rambled about eggnog. Um, I've actually got a big, nice glass in my in my cup right here, right next to me, as we speak. And thank God it is eggnog season. It's it's my favorite, folks. Um, so basically, that like I said, that's just kind of the brief summary of what was going on there in that post. And then I, I like I said, I, I reserve the right to uh, talk about whatever the hell I want. So I did make a couple of kind of show notes um, or just kind of topics that I wanted to to uh, address here. And one of the things that I've been doing um, this this week specifically is I've been kind of on on a knowledge quest, uh, looking at uh, various uh, you know topics that are interesting to me. Uh, one of those being you know they're and they're varied and they're all very kind of bizarre and and, and special. But 
uh, as as you know, some people like horses. Some people like um, some people like horses. Some people like guns. Uh, some people like unicorns. I mean, whatever floats your boat. But in this case here, I was uh, actually uh, been kind of doing a little bit more research into quantum mechanics or quantum physics, which in layman's terms is basically just the study of the really, really, really tiny or, or subatomic particles. And it's something that's always fascinated me. I've never quite had the. I've never had. The, I've never actually had the training math-wise to comprehend something like that on a mathematical level. Uh, but it was very interesting. It's very interesting to pontificate about some of the things that they come up with, uh, just because you know they are very cutting edge. They're kind of like the whole you know examining why are we here. And uh, one of the things that was very interesting to me was this idea of uh, quantum entanglement, uh, essentially that uh, or what Einstein called spooky action at a distance. Um, and essentially, what it is is let's say if we want to make it very simple, you have molecule A and molecule B, or atom A, atom, and atom B. Um, so you, let's say you separate them by a galaxy's length. Um, so we're talking millions of light years away uh, from each other respectively. They're due to quantum entanglement, and don't ask me to get into the specifics or like the actual math behind why this works, but it's been observed in laboratories that Let's say you have um, these two atoms, one spinning with a, a top spin or, or a molecule. One of them is spinning with a top spin here because most molecules, be them subatomic or the Earth, a lot of things rotate. So let's just say one of them is rotating with a top spin. So molecule A has top spin, molecule B has top spin. And so the idea between, behind quantum entanglement is Let's say, for instance, then I decide to come along and I start to spin molecule A to the right. So it has a side spin now. Quantum entanglement dictates that particle or atom B also will adopt those same characteristics without ever exchanging any sort of information. And this happens faster than the speed of light. It happens instantaneously. Um, these are things that you know they're connected at these vast, almost unimaginable distances and are still acting... Uh, in concert perfectly. It's something, you know, the, the speed at which they act or the synchronicity which they have is uniform. It, there's no there's no difference between it. It's, it's uh, faster than the speed of light. It's instantaneous. Um, and so it's just interesting to me that, you know, all things have interconnectivity, uh, specifically um, on the subatomic level as well. That's kind of where there's a degradation of, of classical physics or classical mechanics uh, because we're observing... Uh, how a bowling ball falls off the top of the Empire State Building or something like that. We have very, very clear, very defined uh, parameters here. It's something that we can actually see. Uh, in this case, this is something that we absolutely cannot see and we don't have, we don't have any control. Uh, you know, we, we can't see it with the naked eye. We can see it with uh, highly sophisticated um, instruments that will allow us to observe these things. But, um, and the thing too as well that was interesting is that there there exists what's called Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle states that um, basically the more accurately that you measure a particular um, parameter or particular um, value, that's the correct word, particular value of a subatomic particle, the less you know about another value. Meaning, so let's say that I know the veloci velocity of, of a particular particle, and great, I can get that velocity down, um, I can narrow it down very accurately, but the actual relation that it has, the, dist the, 
um, basically where it is in space. Let's say it's orbiting a an, an atom. Let's say we have a subatomic particle orbiting an atom. So the more accurately I describe the velocity at which it's traveling, the less accurately I can predict where it's going to be. And this and this holds true for anything. I mean, think about it. So you focus more on one subject. Obviously, the other one is going to get uh, less and less accurate. So that that's something that's interesting as well. That they use, they actually use um, these basically best guesses in situations like this. It's called the probability distribution, where they say it'll probably be here because it's moving at about probably this speed. So it's something that is very uh, nebulous, and it's something that we're kind of trying to tack down. Um, and so, I mean, that's just something that, that's, that's my kind of rant about quantum physics or quantum, uh, quantum, um, mechanics. And it's very interesting. I, I will repeatedly probably touch on this subject just as I learn more. Um, and there are a couple of other things that I did think of, but I don't want to de delve too deeply into those. I'll, I'll present those in a later podcast here. Um, and so on this particular knowledge quest, of course, it ends, you know, you d delve into the rabbit hole that is Wikipedia or YouTube, and you get lost. And uh, so, in addition to quantum quantum physics, I was also uh, watching. I watched a documentary uh, last night about um, basically what got me on the subject. I believe uh, was um, basically Navy SEAL training. Um, there's something that all basically all Navy SEALs have to pass, which is called BUDS, uh, which stands for Basic Underwater Demolitions Course, um, and it's essentially, I believe it's 24 weeks of the most rigorous military training of any branch of the, uh, you know, uh, of the military. Um, and then from there, obviously, watching that, I was, you know, fascinated. Sat there for longer, way longer than I should have watching something like that. But that got me onto a tangent about SEAL Team Six. Um, who then is basically a specialized branch of the SEALs, uh, which actually, interestingly enough, the moniker SEAL Team 6, uh, upon the initial uh, contrivance of the particular team, was used to throw the enemy off. There, was actually, there were no other five SEAL teams. Uh, SEAL Team 6 was comprised for black ops missions, you know, for missions that we sweep under the rug and very quietly and, and don't mention it's hush-hush. Um, so now that, that now we have many more SEAL teams, and I believe there's 10, I don't even want to quote an accurate number, but I know they mention at least 10. Um, and from so from this here, obviously, I'm like, okay, well, that's great. So I've watched, you know, SEALs, and the next apparently logical progression that YouTube decided to send me down was uh, mercenaries mercenaries for hire this idea that we have contractors who will sell you an army think about it you know we we go to the store and we pick out our veggies we pick out our cocoa puffs we pick out our our cinnamon toast crunch and uh you know we we cross our fingers at our favorite uh, sodas on sale uh, these guys are military contractors they're they're private military companies that say okay well i understand that you need protection aka uh, guns and bodies uh, for a, a specific situation, usually of political of the political variety, because let's be honest, that's where a lot of war stems from, anyways. Um, politics and money, the two greatest uh, sources of conflict. Um, so they take these, and then there's all sorts of different facets of it as well. There's um, the logistics, obviously. Then there's like 
things as simple as like food, transportation, and then there's also then really the guns for hire, who are modern day mercenaries. They don't like to be called that. Uh, they like to be called military contractors, professionals, anything but anything but those that lovely word mercenary because it has such a negative connotation. Um, something that's very very interesting. I, I mean, um, I would I would suggest just kind of ping ponging around YouTube. Um, I don't have any specific links for those uh, those subjects that I was watching about, but um, then later on that night, just to show you kind of how ridiculous YouTube can be, you know, there's a little, oh, well, we suggest that you watch this, so you watched a video about uh, kittens, why don't you watch a video about, you know, skydiving or something like that. It's, it's utterly random, and I don't know what algorithm they choose, but it's provided me many hours of entertainment. Um, so I went from the subject of, so let's see, we started out at uh, Navy SEAL training, we went to SEAL Team 6, from SEAL Team 6 we went to uh, mercenaries, and then from there we went we went into another one of my favorite subjects, which, don't get me wrong, I'm not nuts, but uh, may, may seem a little bit weird, but it's serial killers. Um, you know, they're fascinating, fascinating um, individuals. Just because the moral depravity at which they, the moral depravity which they exhibit is, is bar none. Um, and that's, that's kind of why we have, uh, almost idolized these individuals here. So I watched two documentaries, uh, about two, two, basically two separate serial killers. One, um, I'll get the kind of the less consequential one out of the way. I mean, it's not really, it's, they're equally, uh, they're equally kind of fucked up, but, um, Ed Gein. Uh, Ed Gein was an individual who lived, I believe it was Wisconsin, a small Wisconsin town, population of about 700, uh, not too many people there, but basically, uh, turns out that he was stealing corpses in the middle of the night, digging them up, um, as what psychiatrists later, uh, kinda thought, the working theory is that it was a surrogate for his mother who died, um, he was digging them up, he was creating lampshades out of the skin, he was upholstering his chairs, um, he had a, a necklace, which was a pair of human lips. Um, uh, one officer was unfortunate enough to uh, go into the back of a closet, discover a brown paper bag. He saw some hair in it, and he's like, okay, well, that's great. And, and as they, you know, I think there was a, an officer in this documentary, one of them, or somebody who knew him, he said, for whatever reason, the impulse took him over to grab the hair, pulls it out, and it's somebody's face. So it's a lovely face mask, literally, um, and and it turns out that the even more shocking thing was this this police officer recognized this individual. Um, so obviously, you know things kind of went south for Gein. Um, he, I mean, he, but this guy was just batshit nuts. Uh, he, you know, he he made suits out of people's skin. I mean, you know, face masks out of people's skins. Uh, he made his furn he made furniture out of them. Um, and so, but essentially, he never was put. He was put to trial, but he was found that he was criminally insane. He basically he could not stand trial for for uh, such atrocities due to the fact that his mental state. Um, and he actually was then ruled um, sane once more. I believe in his seventies, sixties or seventies, and was brought to trial. And once again, just basically was convicted here. And he only ever got convicted of two murders. Um, and he. He then just lived out the rest of his days. He died with you know, respiratory failure um, in a, a hospital for the criminally insane. And so it's kind of a little bit of a, I mean, a not so 
big of a bang to a you know the start of a career or a story like that. You know, it kind of goes out with a whimper. Um, and interestingly enough, there have been a couple of actual movie adaptations or or they're borrowing from it. Uh, one being Silence of the Lambs and their character Buffalo Bill. The other one um, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where he wears faces of other people, and all directly inspired by Gein. Um, and then second, so that that's uh, Ed Gein. He is a uh, interesting fellow, to say the least. Uh, the other guy was H. H. Holmes, which you probably haven't heard of him. He was considered America's first serial killer. So back in the 1800s or so, he um, he essentially he effectively killed over, I believe, 200 people, but he was a, um, a an enterprising uh, doc, doctoral student. Essentially, at the beginning of his, his stay in medical school, um, he realized that there was a market for cadavers, because obviously you need to have a human cadaver, cadaver uh, to, you know, to perform mock surgery on, to understand the, the body better. It's an absolute necessity. We still use them today, but um, his two claims to fame were insurance fraud, basically, um, you know, taking out insurance policies, finding bodies that looked similar to those individuals, and then cashing in on these. But somewhere along the line, basically, he was like, well, that's a great idea. I mean, I can make some change running these insurance scams, but I can sure expedite things if I kill people. Um, because, so basically what he'd do is he would, he would work his way into either a family or a or, you know, some individual who had a life insurance policy, take it out in his name, and then they would end up mysteriously dead. But this benefited him twofold because he went and took the body to the morgue, um, or the, or the, um, the, the college. And so he got a cash payment there, and then he also got a hefty sum of money from these insurance frauds. And, um, he was finally caught because he had a poor attention to detail and, and neglected to, burn or dispose of, of letters, basically, um, that were, you know, incriminating evidence, uh, a couple of, you know, some letters that he had held on to. Um, but another interesting thing as well, just before we uh, kind of go, go on to the next subject, is that he, he built this house called the, which he called the castle. There's actually surviving wax cylinder records uh, of him talking about, um, basically interviewing, leaving his memoirs. That's why we know so much about what he did. Um, but he, he basically built this house with the sole purpose. It was, it was similar to a hotel. He actually had guests there. It was a hotel for all intents and purposes. But the sole, this, the idea behind the design was to um, make the make sure that when he killed his guests that he had there that he could dispose of their bodies without any anybody else finding out he could then take them and process them for insurance scams or or send them you know pack them up or pick them apart and send their bones in to be restructured for skeletons so that stu medical students could observe them um, so I mean fascinating stuff absolutely uh, absolutely unsettling uh, to you know, to most, but it's is something that's interesting to me. Um, another thing too that I thought I would bring up was you know obviously the term um, serial killer and psychopath kind of go hand in hand, peanut butter and jelly, if you will. Um, and the interesting thing too is you you can actually find out to, you can see if you're a psychopath or if you exhibit psychopathic tendencies because an individual by the name of Robert Hare uh, constructed um, basically what's called the PCLR. In this case here, uh, it just you could be shortened to PCL, but it's a psychopathy checklist revised, and the uh, 
So obviously there was a revision to it, but that is what is is accepted by today's modern standards here. And and what he did essentially was he identified characteristics of uh, psychopaths uh, and sociopaths here, which are essentially uh, interchangeable in regards to their actual meaning. Uh, he identified these characteristics and um, you know made them into a very concise list. So it's something that you can actually take a look at. Um, it's something that you can actually take a look at online, um, and so that's something that I've you know I've taken a look at here, and I, you know you can take tests, and I don't really know about the validity of them, but there it's very interesting um, to say the least. And um, I'm actually going to go ahead and I neglected to put these in the notes, but I was just going to read off a couple of the um, of, of the couple criteria or the you know what is listed on the PCLR. Um, so this is the this is the part where I get to to vamp while I wait for my computer to load. But um, the you know it's comprised of I believe I want to say twenty twenty to twenty two um, individual components of this of this PCLR here, and they're all to do with um, they're all to do with particular characteristics or or, or traits like that. So still spinning some wheels here. So. Um, this makes for great radio. Um, so in in this order here, um, that it's 20 traits. It looks like here um, are uh, it says the 20 traits that are assessed by the PCLR score, which is this test that is administered, are a glib and superficial charm, a grandiose or exaggeratedly high estimation of self, need for stimulation, pathological lying, cunning and man- manipulativeness, lack of remorse or guilt, shallow effect or basically superficial emotional responsiveness, uh, callousness and lack of empathy, a parasitic lifestyle, poor behavioral controls, sexual promiscuity, early behavior problems, lack of realistic long-term goals, impulsivity, irresponsibility, uh, failure to accept responsibility for their own actions, many short-term marital relations, juvenile delinquency, revocation of conditional release, and criminal versatility, all of these which construct a whiz-bang of a psychopath if you uh, checked yes to all of those here and there are varying degrees of those obviously it is a sliding scale but um, check it out take a look maybe maybe you're nuts maybe you're a psychopath Um, so that kinda wraps up the uh, basically the whatever the hell I want section Um, I'm gonna be kind of delving into other things that are interesting to me in presenting regurgitating them Um, the last little piece that I'll, I'll tack on here would be a um, media recommendation or just kind of what I've been watching slash listening to. I open up my Spotify uh, library here. I have two recommendations. I go check out Sashamon, and that's spelled S-A-S-H-A-M-O-N. Uh, he is a reggae artist. Um, the three songs that I picked out here um, to go take a look at are uh, Rise, Peace is a Fire, all one word. Um, so we have peace and then I is spelled conveniently I Z and then A and then Fire, F I Y A, and then Japanese Squeeze. Uh, all excellent songs, all things that I listen to regularly. Go check them out. Um, the other the band, other band that I chose here is more of an individual uh, called The Streets, um, who is it's actually a one man show. Uh, by the a lad by the name of Mike Skinner, and he is from the UK. And the best way that I can describe his music is like uh, spoken word rap, very very lyrically uh, sound. Um, I love the beats that he has. It it's definitely takes a little bit of getting used to. 
um, but I love it. And the, the three songs that I'd recommend there would be uh, Outside, Inside, uh, Going Through Hell, and Fit But You Know It. All excellent songs. Give them a look. Um, and then what I've been watching on Netflix, I finished up the Glades or what was available of that, so uh, Boohoo kind of sat there. Uh, but then I'm on watching this show called Life, and it's about a cop that was basically locked in prison for murders that he did not commit, specifically a triple homicide. Um, and his fellow police officers uh, helped to put him there, essentially, because that's what they do. They investigate homicides. Um, he, so he did not commit this crime. Twelve years later, he gets out of jail and is reintegrated back into the world with a hefty settlement from the state or whoever it would that would be settling for robbing him of 12 years of his life uh, and he is now back to the police force so and the interesting thing too as well is that he finds salvation in prison apparently I mean this is what I've surmised from the very the intro itself um, that plays you know before every episode is that he found sanctuary in Zen or the you know the Zen attitude or the Zen way of lifestyle. So it's it's very very interesting. You know it's been locked in a supermax prison for 12 years. Obviously there have been astounding technological innovations in that time here. So he's having some difficulty keeping up with those. In addition, um, the criminals that he deals with, he was right smack in the middle of the criminal element for 10 years in a supermax prison. Got beat up every day because he was a cop. So it's just interesting dynamic here. I'll have to see where it goes. I'm only about four or five episodes in, but I'll absolutely uh, keep watching that. Um, that'll do it for media uh, that I've been consuming. I'll, I'll, you know, be back to the drawing board. Probably watch Netflix. I uh, watch Netflix obsessively, so that won't be going anywhere. And I'll come back with a couple more uh, musical recommendations every week. Uh, in in addition to that, this is the part where I shamelessly plug all of my stuff. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, go check out uh, koala-dreams.blogspot.com. That is where I post my blog. I try to have one of those a week, maybe two, if I'm feeling up to it or if I've had enough coffee. Um, and then the other one that I would recommend uh, checking out, basically not recommending it to my stuff, I obviously recommend it. It's great. Uh, go check out um, my, you can go check out my SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash koala dreams, no spaces. Uh, but you can bypass all of that. You don't even have to pull it up on your SoundCloud if you go to that, if you go back to my blog up in the top right hand corner, there's a little shiny subscribe on iTunes button, click the link, follow that, open it up in iTunes, subscribe to it, rate it, uh, leave me a comment. It's something I want to try and get a little bit more uh, awareness of here, so absolutely go ahead and check that out. You can like the Koala Dreams Facebook page uh, right below that. There's a, a nifty little uh, like and or share button. So go ahead and um, recommend it to your, your friends, your family, your mom, your dog, your goat, whoever. Um, I will continue to do these because I like doing them. Hopefully uh, you feel the same here. That'll put a ramp to it, guys. I want to thank you. Uh, my fellow koala homies for listening to this year. Uh, tune in in the next couple of days and or weeks uh, to catch another episode of the Koala Dreams podcast. This is Paul signing out.